All right, if you have your Bibles, open up to Philemon. And uh, Philemon is a tiny book of one chapter, a whopping 25 verses. And so if you can't find it, find Hebrews. And it's right before the book of Hebrews, Philemon. And uh, as you're turning there, uh, let me just say this, that I, I will not be here next week. Uh, I will be in South Carolina preaching. And so uh, pray for me as I will be out. Um, but you be in your place, all right? We've got, we've got people to fill the, uh, the pulpit, and uh, there will be service as normal. And uh, you know what? It doesn't, uh, every time the Word of God is opened and preached or taught, uh, you should be able to get a blessing. Uh, I've been in, I have no idea how many services. I've been in thousands of preaching services and thousands of times I've sat under hearing the preaching of the Word of God from all types of people. I mean from this spectrum to this spectrum uh, as far as, you know, very, very quiet, just teaching the Word of God to the wild man who has three, three words written on his notes, if he has that, and that's his message outline. And, um, you know, and, and every time, if they're preaching the Word of God, it is a blessing and an encouragement and a help to me. And so I pray, so uh, be in your place, and uh, I can promise you, you'll be blessed. And, uh, and I'll say this, pray for me this week. I, uh, I, got a, I got a busy schedule. I will be here Wednesday, of course. I will be preaching. And then Thursday, I'll be preaching at another church in Ohio. And then Friday, I go to South Carolina and I preach a missions conference Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, then I will be back here Monday. So, uh, so busy week, uh, but, uh, but praise the Lord for the opportunity and uh, the privilege, really, to preach the Word of God and, uh, and be out and about. So Philemon, chapter number one. We're going to look at lessons from the, from the book of Philemon. Since I'm not going to be here next week, I thought, boy, I don't want to start a new series. And uh, what do you do, what do I do when I don't have a series? I do a mini-series on one book, uh, Philemon. That's a good book to do a series on. And uh, you could certainly take more than just one lesson out of the book of Philemon. But, uh, uh, of course, we'll just take one lesson and look at it this morning. Uh, in the introduction, uh, Philemon, Archippus, and Aphia were all associated with the church in Colossae. Uh, and Colossae was a long distance from Rome. Let's read the first three verses and kind of get you an idea of what's going on with this book. The Bible says here in Philemon, chapter number one, and verse number one, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, to our beloved Ap Apphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. I pray, Father, that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would just uh, touch hearts as only you can. Father, I pray as we look at this uh, book of Philemon this morning, Father, that you would speak to our hearts, you'd encourage us, you'd strengthen us, you'd help us. And Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. And God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this book, uh, we find here those names that I had mentioned, Philemon, Archippus, uh, Apphia, uh, and they were all associated with the church in Colossae. Uh, Colossae was, uh, the book of Colossians, of course, was written to Colossae, Colossae, I don't know how to really say that, um, and I struggle with names even worse probably than most people because I got that Spanish 
flare I throw on most things, and if that doesn't work, you just throw an Italian flare on it, and, and so it never comes out the same way twice, almost. But uh, as we look at that, that was a long distance. And, uh, and who, who were these people? We really don't, the Bible does not give us a lot of details about these three people. Uh, but I'll tell you this, Philemon, we know this be, because of the context of the book, was an influential, probably a wealthy person uh, who had apparently been converted by the witness of Paul. Paul had uh, apparently witnessed to him from the context of the book, and, uh, and we find that uh, Philemon had been saved. And, uh, and he apparently opened his home to the believers, and later it's reported possibly that he became pastor at Colossae, uh, and it was presumed that he was the husband of Apphia. Apphia is a, a, a lady's name, and, uh, and so we, we probably would not know that in our, in our uh, language and time of today, but it is, and uh, so we find those two there. Archippus was probably a teacher or even a pastor in Colossae, and Paul addressed him when closing out the book in Colossians. You find there in Colossians, you don't have to go there, but um, in the book of Colossians chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. And so Archippus was probably a Bible teacher, possibly the pastor even, uh, or, or filled some role of ministry and teaching there at the church in Colossae. And, uh, and then the book is really primarily about Onesimus. And uh, who's Onesimus? Onesimus was a servant or a slave who had run away from Philemon. And he's the subject of this book, and he had been saved because Paul had witnessed to him. And he also is mentioned in Colossians. Uh, Colossians 4.9 mentions him with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. And so uh, it is believed that Paul sent uh, Philemon and then Colossians uh, to uh, Colossae. Uh, at the hand of Onesimus, and had him carry the letters. And uh, as we look at the book of Philemon, it's a, it's a little bit of a different book. Many of the uh, epistles that Paul wrote were written to churches. You'll find uh, the book of, of uh, Corinthians was written to the saints that are uh, in, in Corinth, and the ones in Roman, uh, to the ones in Rome, and the ones in Colossians that was written to the church and the believers that were there in Colossae, and Ephesians to the church that was in Ephesus. And you find those oftentimes are written to the believers, and even asks them to spread them all around. But this is a personal letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to, uh, to Philemon. And uh, we'll see that as we get into this book. But I want you to notice right off the beginning, uh, the introduction and the, the start of it is far different. And I want you to note Paul's lowliness in these first three verses. Paul's lowliness or his humility that he comes to him. Look how he addresses the, the, the beginning of the book. He says there, Paul a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Go with me to Rome. Save your spot here in Philemon, as we'll be back here. I'm going to put a bookmarker so I don't have trouble finding it. Uh, go with me here to Romans chapter 1. I want you to see this. I've referenced this before, 
but it becomes really relevant here in, in the book of Philemon. Romans chapter number 1, and we're going to walk through a couple books, so we're going to turn a few pages. Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 1, look at how he starts off the book uh, or his introduction uh, to those that are saved there in Rome. He says here in Romans 1 and verse number 1, he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. And, uh, and so he asserts his apostleship in the book of Rome. In other words, he's saying, listen, I am by God an apostle. Uh, and he, he certainly puts that out there to make it very clear. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Let's look at how he, he introduces himself in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 1. He gives this very similar introduction. He says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. In other words, uh, he, is, he is cementing his authority of apostleship uh, by God. And look with me in 2 Corinthians. We'll walk through these. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 1. This will get easier as the books get shorter. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1. And again, he asserts his apostleship. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Go with me to Galatians chapter number 1. Galatians 1 and verse number 1. He says in Galatians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle, and he's careful here, he says, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He's very clear. He's saying, listen, I am an apostle, not because other men have appointed me as an apostle, but rather that God has established me and set me up as an apostle. Go to Ephesians chapter number 1. He says in Ephesians 1.1, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Go to Colossians, the next book over. We'll skip Philippians. Colossians. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Uh, we'll spare you 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and, and Titus. But in those books as well, he says, Paul, an apostle. Paul, an apostle. And Titus, he says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And, and nine out of Paul's 14 uh, epistles that he wrote, he asserts his apostleship and his authority as an apostle chosen by God, not by man. And uh, the books that he does not do that in are Philippians, uh, First and Second Thessalonians, and then Philemon. We find that their introductions are a little bit different. And, uh, and as we look here in Philemon, I believe there's great reason why the Apostle Paul does not present himself as an apostle and as an authority uh, because he is going to lay out something for Philemon to do and he doesn't want to force Philemon to do that based on his apostleship, but rather he wants Philemon to choose to do this thing uh, because it is the right thing for him to do. And so when he starts off his, his letter here, he says, Paul, a prisoner 
of Jesus Christ. He is not authoritative. He is not trying to pull rank on Philemon. He is not trying to say, hey, listen, I'm over top of you, and this is what you need to do. He's very careful in his, in his approach to talking to Philemon. And he does it in a very lowly, humble state as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And not just of Jesus Christ. Paul, indeed, was a prisoner. Uh, he was in jail. Uh, and he was not free. And, and he, makes, he, he talks about that in this book. And so we find Paul's introduction is that of a lowly uh, prisoner, not as an authoritative apostle. We'll find that interesting as time goes on. But I want you to notice not only his introduction, I want you to notice his identification with Philemon and Archippus. Look at what he says there in verse number 1. He says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Paul is identifying with Philemon and saying, listen, we love you. Uh, not only do we love you, but we count you a fellow laborer. In other words, we are on the same plane. We are on the same level here. Uh, that I'm not above you. We are, we are equals in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the labor that we're doing. Uh, I find that very interesting. Uh, I love fellow laborers. I, uh, I've often said this, or I've often thought this, I don't think I've ever said it per se, in, in, at least not in our church, uh, but uh, uh, there's nothing for me, there's nothing like getting together with other missionaries. Why is that? Because they know what it's like to leave their home, live in a foreign country, and try and minister to people that don't speak the same language as they do. They don't have the same customs. They don't have the same background as what we do. And so there's a lot of similarities. And whenever, especially years ago, uh, for me to get together with other missionaries, boy, it was like, man, we, we would just, what about this? What about this? We would shoot ideas. We would talk. Because why? Because there's, there's so much similarities and we understand what it is like. If you get together with somebody who works in the same field as you do, you guys have a lot more to talk about because you understand uh, some of the complexities. Uh, you might, uh, you might um, pull something out of the air here. You might, uh, you might manufacture tires. And, uh, and you can talk to me all day about, about manufacturing tires. I'm interested because I always like to know how things work, but I have no idea of the reality of the obstacles that you would overcome. I have no idea. I, I don't understand uh, all the, all the uh, small things that you would have to go through in your tire manufacturing plant because... I don't make tires. I never have made tires. I really don't know much about it. And so there's not much that I can, uh, uh, that I can talk with you on that. I, I'm always interested in learning. But here, the Apostle Paul is counting Philemon and he says, Hey, you are a fellow laborer. You are on the same ground as I am. And I count you as a friend. I count you as, a, as somebody that, is, uh, that, that, that I love because you are doing the same thing that I am doing. We find that Paul, he was, minister, he was, he was limited by his chains. He was limited by his prison. 
Um, but, but Paul wanted to encourage and bless uh, Archippus because he was, or Philemon rather, because he was ministering and he was doing. Listen, uh, Paul being limited by that, he encouraged Archippus. Listen, sometimes if we're limited in a capacity, you know what, we can always encourage other people. Uh, we ought to be an encouragement. We ought to be a help to them. We ought to encourage them to continue along. And that is what Paul is doing here. He says, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. In other words, hey, you keep doing uh, what you're doing. Go on to the next verse. He says there in verse number two, he says, and to our beloved Apphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier. Listen, we have... There's certainly an identification with a fellow laborer, but listen, fellow soldiers, there's a, there's a lot of camaraderie there. And there's even more camaraderie when they've gone to battle. And when they, uh, I tell you what, these guys that have, have been to war zones and they come back and their, their units are moved around and this guy's sent here and that guy's sent there, you know what they want to do? Uh, they still keep in contact with those guys. Why? Because they shared an experience that nobody else will understand. They were in battle together. They know what it felt like to put their life on the line for somebody else. They were there during those events. And here Paul is equating Archippus as a fellow soldier, uh, somebody that has experienced the same battles, the same difficulties, the same trials in ministry that, that others would go through. And he's saying, hey, I have a lot of respect. I have a lot of regard. I have a lot of, uh, of love for Archippus, my fellow soldier, for Philemon, my fellow laborer that is laboring with me in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, we can kind of understand that. We can catch that feel. I mean, um, you know, people that you went to college with, uh, people that you worked with, people that you've spent time with, uh, there's a camaraderie there uh, that, that is automatically joined. And so we see Paul, he is in encouragement and he is helping uh, Philemon and Archippus and, and uh, Apphia and, and, and calling them, hey, fellow laborers, fellow soldiers and beloved in the faith. And he's trying to help them and he's setting himself on equal ground as they are. This is the Apostle Paul. I find that amazing because I look at the Apostle Paul and I look at his life and I look at his ministry and I look at the things that he did and I think, man, the Apostle Paul, in my mind, is up here on the charts. And we're way down here. I mean, man, I've never been stoned for the gospel's sake. I've never been shipwrecked for the gospel's sake. I've never been imprisoned. I've never been whipped and beaten for the gospel's sake. And the Apostle Paul has. And here he is saying, hey, you are my fellow laborers. You are my fellow soldiers. And he is bringing them uh, on level ground of who he is and telling him, them that he appreciates them. What an encouragement. What a blessing to have the Apostle Paul approach them in that manner. We see oftentimes in the churches, he approached them in that very bold manner. And he was going to correct many things in the churches, but we don't find that approach here in the book of Philemon. And so we see Paul's lowliness. I want you to notice Paul's labor. 
While it is very true that Paul was limited in his ministry and Paul was not one to make excuses or quit or give up, he was still laboring in the ministry though he was bound by chains or bound by a prison and was not able to get out per se. Uh, he was still invested in the ministry. Go with me to verse number 10. He's got a bunch of... Uh, uh, introduction that he goes through here, but look with me in verse number 10. He says, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. We find that Paul, even though he was bound by prison, even though he was bound perhaps by chains, and he was not free to roam about and go and do as he may have wanted to do or even to travel as he would want to travel, uh, he was still actively uh, reaching people with the gospel. Onesimus, how did Onesimus come to to Rome. How did Onesimus come to the prison where Paul was? I don't know. How did Onesimus get within the reach of Paul? I have no idea. Uh, Onesimus, but, but we know this, that Paul witnessed to Onesimus, and Onesimus got saved. Uh, we should be on a constant lookout uh, for those who need the Savior. Hey, listen, they are all around us. We are not lacking for lost people. They're everywhere. The majority of the people that you run into uh, on a week-to-weeks basis uh, are lost and without the Lord Jesus Christ, and they need the Savior. There's not a lack of people. Uh, the soil is all around us, but there is a lack of planting seeds. There is a lack of watering, and there is a lack of looking for fruit. Paul was not was he was though he was limited though he could not get out he was actively had his eyes open for opportunities to witness uh, and and give people the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ I love the way it's phrased here in this verse number 10 it says whom I have begotten in my bonds Listen, I was reminded of the verse, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Listen, there's a spiritual birth that needs to take place. There are people that need to be saved. They need to be born again. They need to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. We find Paul's labor is that he had begotten uh, Onesimus. I want you to notice this as well in verse number 11. He says this about Onesimus. He says, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Not only that, that Onesimus was begotten or that he was saved and born again, uh, but I want you to notice that Onesimus had been bettered. Uh, by the Apostle Paul. You know, it wasn't just that he witnessed to the Apostle or to, to Onesimus, uh, but he had witnessed to him. He had gotten saved, but then he worked with him to make Onesimus a better person than who he was. Hey, listen, when we get saved, our life ought to change. And Jesus makes us better than what we were. And a lot of that comes about why, or how rather, by discipleship. By taking the Word of God and, and teaching it and encouraging and strengthening other people. I remember when I went to Peru. This is probably one of the most, um, 
one of the most enjoyable things of my life was taking somebody who did not know anything about the Bible. I remember telling them, open your Bible to the Gospel of John. They had their Bibles and they, opened, they, were, in, they were in Genesis and they were flipping page by page looking for the Gospel of John. I thought, good night, we're going to be here for two years till they find the Gospel of John. And so I thought, I'm going to help them out. I'm going to tell them it's in the New Testament. And they're flipping pages, and they finally made it up to Joshua. And, and then they finally hit the Psalms. And, and finally, uh, they didn't even have Bibles, so we had given them Bibles. So I knew what page number it was. I'm like, just turn to page number uh, 1,255 or whatever page number it was. And they would turn. But then watching those people over years be able to take their Bibles, and I say, open your Bible to the Gospel of, of Mark, and they could open up their Bible to the Gospel of Mark. To me, there was no greater joy than that they would know where to find the books of the Bible, that they had grown in their faith. And listen, the Apostle Paul had worked with Onesimus. He had spent time with Onesimus. He says here in verse number 11, he says, which in time past was to thee un." profitable. He was not worthwhile. He was trouble. Uh, anybody who, who in the world works, uh, you know how to spot people that are unprofitable in business. You run into them, you find them, and, and, and they just kind of stand out. And that's how Onesimus was before he had gotten saved. But listen, uh, after being saved, his life was changed. And, and the Apostle Paul had labored with him and taught him and said, listen, as a Christian, these are the things you ought to be doing, and this is how you ought to be living your life. And, and he helped Onesimus, and he made him better. Look at verse 12 and 13. He says this, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. Not only was he begotten of Paul and was he bettered by Paul uh, and the discipleship that Paul had, had instituted on him, but also he was beloved of Paul. Listen, when you work with people, Man, they, they grow close to you. When you watch somebody grow and you spiritually give them the Word of God and they get saved and then you start teaching them and, and they're struggling with this and they're struggling with church attendance and you encourage them into church and then uh, they're struggling with uh, maybe giving an offering and you encourage them into that and then they're struggling with reading their Bible and you encourage them into that and, and, and they're struggling with witnessing and you encourage them in that and, and you watch them grow. There's, there's a love that builds between you and those people. Listen, that's, that's the work of the ministry. That is what ministry really is all about. It's about working with people. And, and listen, those people in Peru, I absolutely love them. I remember one lady, she was, uh, she was a, a compo lady. Compo means uh, they were country people. And, and there was a real divide in Peru. The country people would not talk to the, uh, to the wealthy people, and they especially would not even talk to Americans because we were, in their mind, we were way above them. And she started coming to our church. It took a couple years before she ever, ever talked to us. And finally, uh, boy, we, with, with working and, and just every time I'd say, hey, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. And I would always approach her and try and make her feel welcome. And, and she'd kind of, you know, smile or uh, shyly just, you know, nod or whatever. But, but after a while, you know what? She finally opened up to us. 
Man, just beloved. Because why? Because we'd spent time working with them and they become beloved to the Apostle Paul. Listen, in his labor with Onesimus, he had grown to love Onesimus. He said, man, I would love to keep Onesimus right here. I would love to keep him here at my side, working in the gospel and doing the things that we're doing. We see that the Apostle Paul was busy and he was laboring even as he was in prison. He was doing something. He was not uh, uh, just sitting idly or making excuses. We get to the heart of the book. As we see Paul's lowliness and his approach and, and demeanor as he talks with Philemon, then we see his, uh, his labor and what he has done with Onesimus. But I want you to see Paul's longing. Look at verse number 9. We'll kind of go back to it. He says there in verse number 9, he says, Yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have gotten in my bonds. Verse 11, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. And so verse 9, he's saying, hey, I beseech thee. And in verse 12, he finally gets around. What's he beseeching him? He's beseeching him to take Onesimus back, to receive Onesimus. We'll get into all of why, uh, but I want you to notice a little bit of the appeal of Paul. Uh, Paul is very interesting the way he words all of this, and, uh, and he makes probably more than what I've noted here, but he does note this. Uh, look at what he says in verse number 9. He says, Yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee. In other words, he's vague with the love. I don't know if it's Paul's love for Philemon or Philemon's love for Paul uh, either way or Philemon's love for God or Paul's love for God uh, or their love for one another. But we see that there he's begging Philemon to take uh, Onesimus back and he makes an appeal because of love. Hey, listen, our motivation for our service ought to be out of a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our motivation. If we're serving God uh, because we're trying to get a better position in God's eyes, it doesn't work that way. If you're trying to work and serve the Lord because maybe you want to secure your salvation, it does not work that way. You cannot secure your salvation. The reason that we ought to be serving the Lord is for love's sake. And the Apostle Paul makes that appeal uh, to Philemon and he says, hey, for love's sake, uh, for, for the fact that you love God and that I love God and because we're fellow laborers that we would love each other, uh, he's saying on that appeal and that basis that he would take Onesimus back. Not only that, but look at verse number 9. Paul says this, he says, I rather beseech thee, being such and one as Paul the aged. Paul has spent quite a bit of time in ministry. Paul has suffered quite a bit in, in, in ministry, being imprisoned and being beaten and being stoned. And, and we find Paul towards perhaps the end of his ministry when he's now imprisoned and, and does not have the freedom to roam. And, and he says, hey, listen, uh, just do me a favor as an old man. Paul the aged. 
He says, hey, just help me out. And he makes an appeal based on his age. He makes an appeal based on his change there in verse number, uh, verse number 9. At the end, he says, now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In other words, I can't, I can't come to you, or I would, and, and I would appeal to you directly, but I'm not able to. And, and he says in verse number 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus. In other words, I've got spiritual attachment. And take Onesimus on my behalf because of your love for me and because of my age and because of my change that you would take Onesimus back. And then he makes the appeal in verse number 11 as well that he is now profitable and says, hey, he's worthwhile now and he'll, he'll serve you well. He probably wasn't before, but now he is, he is far better than he was before. We find that Paul is making an appeal that he would receive Onesimus. Look in verse number 12, we read that, uh, Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him. It's interesting that Paul sent Onesimus back. Onesimus had probably escaped and run from uh, Philemon. We're not given the exact details of what he did. Well, I don't know. Maybe he stole money. Maybe he had uh, done something wrong. Or, or, or obviously he did, did something wrong. And he ran and he fled and, and he got away from there. And he was supposed to be back there working, but he was not. And, and Colossae from uh, Rome was a great distance. It's not cl close. You're talking about the Middle East, uh, Asia, uh, Asia Minor, all the way over to Italy. That's a long distance. And how on earth did he come across Paul? I have no idea. Isn't it funny the way the Lord works things out? And, and sometimes the Lord brings you into contact with people that, that you don't have any idea uh, that you would run into them. I ran it a couple weeks ago. I, uh, I was at a, a meeting on a Saturday night, and, and uh, as I was there, there was a fellow that I recognized, and, and I, I talked to him, and I said, hey, it's good to see you again, how are you? And he said, good, and I don't know him well, but I've only met him once or twice, and as I was talking to him, uh, he asked me, he said, what college did you go to? And I said, well, I went to Maslin. He said, I went to Maslin. I said, really? He said, uh, he said, what years were you there? So I gave him the years that I was there. He was like, really? I said, yeah. He said, I was there for that one of those years. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I was a pastor's son. He said, and, and I was rebellious. And my dad made me go to Bible college. And I told my dad when I turned 18 that I was going to drop out. He's like, and so I went to Bible college. And sure enough, the, the next semester, whenever it was, he said, I dropped out. I'm like, what's your name? And he told me his name, and sure enough, I remember him as he was in Bible college. Now he's serving the Lord. And he said, he said not only that, he said, my cousin was from Chicago, and he was, he was rough, and he was rebellious, and, and my family pretty much adopted him and brought him into the family as well. He said, and me and him, we got into a lot of trouble, and he came to Bible college. I said, what was his name? And he told me his name. I said, he was my roommate. He said, yeah, he got saved in Bible college. I said, I remember that. He was only there for like one semester and then he left. And I never knew what happened to him. And here this guy is now uh, serving on staff at a church and, and doing well. And, and it's amazing how, you know, sometimes the Lord will a lot. I hadn't seen the fellow in 20 years. 
And it's amazing how the Lord will uh, allow people to just run into each other. And here Onesimus and the Apostle Paul, uh, they had a divine appointment that, that God would allow the Apostle Paul to lead Onesimus to the Lord. And the Apostle Paul was instrumental, we'll, we'll see this here a little bit later, uh, with the life of Philemon and witnessing to him and having Philemon get saved. And, and he brings that back up. And it's amazing how sometimes uh, the Lord really connects circles. And so God's, or Paul, the Apostle Paul here in verse number 12, he said, I have sent... Again, in other words, hey, I've encouraged Onesimus to go back to you because he's wronged you. And it's his responsibility to come back. And uh, listen, uh, salvation doesn't erase civic responsibility. Sometimes we think, well, I'm, I'm saved, so all my civic responsibility or anything that's in the past was in the past. Listen, salvation does not erase civic responsibility. It does not wash away all the consequences of our sin. It, it washes away the guilt of our sins, but sometimes there's consequences that just cannot be undone in our life. And we find Onesimus had consequences that Paul said, listen, you have got to go back to Onesimus, uh, or to, to Philemon. Listen, uh, Onesimus was not a good person prior. The fact that Philemon was a Christian influenced by Paul, we assume that he was a good master. Uh, look with me in verse number... Well, go with me in verse number 13. We'll start there and we'll read down. I, I know it's right here somewhere. He says in verse number 13, Whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But with, without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. That's where the Apostle Paul is saying, Listen, I'm not pulling authority and rank over top of you, but I want you willingly to do this. Verse number 15. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, specially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If, if he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, Put that on mine account. Here's where Paul's going to say uh, what he has done for Philemon. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. In other words, he's saying, listen, you owe me a whole lot. Uh, because uh, whatever the Apostle Paul did, uh, he had witnessed perhaps to, to Philemon. Philemon had gotten saved. Whatever it is, Paul feels like uh, Philemon owes Paul a lot. And he's saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to mention all the things that I've done for you. I'm not going to mention how, 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 uh, how I've been a blessing to you. Uh, and, and for that reason. And so we, we know that Philemon was a, a Christian and that he had been influenced by F Paul and, and it's very probable that he was a, a good master or a good boss that Onesimus would work for. But the fact that Onesimus shirked and fled a responsibility tells us that he was not a good person. And then the fact that the Apostle Paul had to send him back to Philemon tells us, hey, Onesimus didn't want to go. Whatever it was, it was pretty bad that he did. 
It was problematic. And the Apostle Paul sent him. And so the Apostle Paul is pleading and he's saying, hey, receive Onesimus back. Look what he says in verse 18. He says, if he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. You know what Paul's saying? Forgive Onesimus. Just forgive and let it go. Paul is completely appealing for Onesimus. He says, hey, you can put it all on my account. And he says, and, and you know how much you owe me for all that I did. We won't even talk about all that, but you just, you just put Onesimus' faults on my account. And the Apostle Paul is making an appeal for Onesimus. Look with me in verse number 21, and I love this. He says this, Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I know you're going to do right. I don't have to force you. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to appeal as an apostle saying it's your responsibility to forgive. But rather as a brother, as a friend, as a faithful fellow soldier, fellow minister, he approaches him and says, hey, I'm asking you on my behalf and on my account, forgive Onesimus and go forward. And he said, I believe and I know that you'll do what's right because I know who you are. And I trust that you'll do even more than what I've asked. And it's a letter really of forgiveness that the Apostle Paul is asking for Onesimus's forgiveness. And uh, so we see Paul's lowliness. We see Paul's labor. Boy, Paul, what an encouragement. Boy, I would that we were all Paul's, that we were all actively laboring. And, and we see Paul's longing as he says, hey, I want you to receive and to forgive Onesimus. And he'll be profitable to you. He'll be a blessing. He'll help you. What an amazing thing when God brings people all the way around. And oh, there's people that they mess up. I'm sure at times in our lives that we were unprofitable. But I'm glad that God is able to make us profitable to the ministry. Make us profitable for His service. As we see that letter, what an encouragement, what a blessing. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Father, we thank You for Your goodness to us. God, what great lessons can be learned all the way from the humility of Paul, the lowliness, the labor, God, the longing. God, may we long to see people, people's relationships righted with you and others. God, we don't know many times the big picture of how things are going to turn out. But God, we, we trust in you. God, I pray that we would be encouraged by this letter that Philemon, that Paul wrote to Philemon, encouraging him, asking him, pleading with him, begging with him, really, to take Onesimus back, to forgive him, and to reinstate him in service, and to receive him as a brother, a Christian, a fellow servant. God, I pray that you would just help us, encourage us, strengthen us as we look at all these lessons. May we apply them to our life. Father, we'll thank you for that. God, I ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name we pray.
Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, maybe God spoke into your heart, the altar's open. Maybe it's about receiving somebody. Maybe it's about forgiveness. Maybe it's about laboring. Maybe it's about loving. Whatever the need, the altar's open. The Apostle Paul is a great example to us in so many ways.